Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to live my life, putting purpose over profit. Too many fallen soldiers, too many slain prophets. Eyes on the prize, yeah, I gotta watch it. Agents amongst us, get your hand out my pocket. I'm sick with the pet. Brothers and sisters are sick in the pet. Oppressed by the man, attacked by the clan. America's plan, depression sets in. People becoming so hopeless. Said we can't breathe, they still choke us. They put the body cam on, it's either turn off or out of focus. Yeah, another death, another life. They pull the trigger, no thinking twice. Cops be wildin', the killing youth. The new Jim Crow, a different noose. It's the beast, it's the beast, mark of the beast. Cease and desist, increase the peace. Move in silence, don't make a sound. But when they come, stand your ground. R.I.P. to all the martyrs. Say your prayer, Heavenly Father. Black lives matter, black lives matter. Yeah. Hey. Wow, there we go. Thank you. So welcome back to the Creative Gore. Guys had some technical difficulties. Had to get my maestro, Mikhail Israel, the innovative educator in the building. How do you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Happy March. Happy Women's History Month. Uh, happy day just on this earth with breath on our bodies. Um, happy to be here in conversation with you, good brother. Amen. Amen. Also, we have another sponsor once again, and it is Game 7 character builders 30 day shift day 30 here are four habits of a successful relationship be curious not critical be careful not crushing ask questions do not assume and connect before you correct be curious be careful ask questions and connect do not be critical do not crush do not assume and do not correct if you do not connect first. Learn about relationships with us at Game7.com and shop with us at Game7shop.com. Thank you for tuning in to our 30-day shift and drop a comment below sharing what you learned. Easy work. Absolutely. Wonderful food for thought. I love everything that they're doing. So shout out to, you know, Malcolm Evans, Kendall Gaskins, and of course, one of our guests about to have on, Mr. Justin Sinclair. Also, Petty along, how you doing, sir? I'm good, gentlemen. So so much of an honor to join you guys tonight. Pleasure's uh, all ours, man. Feel like a feel like a reconnection on uh Petty Campus and all the amazing conversations and and just building that we've done over those years, man. Appreciate you guys and the opportunity. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And Brother Jess, I'm not sure if you dabble, but sometimes on this show we like to uh give suggestions on what some people like to sip on. You know, just uh, incongruence with the Brown Juice Barbershop run by Mikhail Israel. And I have to okay. shout, out, uh, shout out the McBride Sisters collection, the uh, Black Girl Magic Riesling. This was gifted by Chloe's mom. And uh, just for context, that's uh, my girlfriend, my lovely lady, Chloe. Her mother, lovely mother, actually gifted her this. This is fantastic. So I can't wait to, to try that one day. But shout out to the McBride Sisters, which is Black owned as well. That's amazing, man. Thank you, sis. Uh, obviously, a lot about the creativity and just power that we have to just influence different markets. Um, I don't myself indulge, but I definitely support. I, I, we buy a lot of things that, 
you know, we don't always put to use and it's for a bigger reason. I'm definitely down with support. And so if you could share that that link with me and maybe how to get it delivered, um, then I'll definitely support. Yes, sir. I got you. So our first topic, gentlemen, and shout out to everyone watching it in the comments as well. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you have your say so you can have your opinion read out, out loud. So our first topic is Black women's impact on the community. Now, I'm sure that's a lot to impact in itself because it is an abundance, right? So when you hear about this, this, you know, saying, you know, Black women's impact on the community, how do you all feel? We can start with uh, Brother brother Jeff. Um, what immediately comes to mind, if I'm going to be honest, is Black women standing in the absence of Black men. Mm. Uh, as an educator for over a decade in the urban school district, uh, the first person that is usually coming to the rescue or advocating for a young person uh, of color is their, is their mother, is their grandmother, is their auntie. Um, so for me, I what's synonymous with Black women uh, for me is um, standing at the forefront in the absence of the male. Uh, we understand that, you know, there's many reasons on why that's a reality or a norm, um, but it doesn't take away from their ability to step in uh, because of that reality. Um, specifically around what their impact has been in our community, they've been change agents. They've, uh, they've definitely pushed men, especially men of color, to become better products, to become better um, leaders um and i'll kind of leave it at that before i change a little bit of the direction mix definitely uh, open to hearing what you have to say absolutely no doubt so let me take my time with this real quick just because i want folks in the comments or whoever's watching this later to know that it's not lost on us that we are a panel full of men and what about you professor having this conversation um can you hear me yeah, it's a bit of a delay, maybe on uh, no delay on Josh part. Okay, cool, cool. So just making sure. Um, yeah, so it's not lost on any of us that we are a panel full of men having a conversation about Women's History Month, future of Black women, um, and thinking about the impact of Black women. So that's that's number one. Number two, whatever I do, uh, any type of conversation, I like to provide framing. Um, I always talk about POV and POE, so point of view and point of entry. Um, mm-hmm. For point of view, my qualifications for this conversation. It's not my gender identity, um, but my qualifications for this conversation is I am, um, one, the son of a black woman. I was raised by a single mother. Um, I have three older sisters that I was raised with. I am the uncle of four nieces. Um, I am married to a black woman and I have now a black daughter. Um, So that's my point of view. My point of entry, I think I'm best able to enter this conversation with that point of view that I have, that perspective that I have, but also my professional capacity is um, as an educator, as diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, and belonging practitioner and thought leader, um, and as a person who just cares about Black people. Um, To be clear, too, in terms of housekeeping rules, I know there's a huge, huge diversity amongst Black women, um, but specifically speaking, um, the, the the folks who I want to lift up today in particular, because I think sometimes they get lost in the shuffle, specifically naming cisgender Black women. Um, and I want to have a conversation about them. 
That's not to say that we can't have a conversation about others. And that's not to say that their lives aren't important. They are equally important. All I'm saying is that in this time, in this moment, um, those are the folks who are weighing heavily on my heart, the folks who have been a huge impact on mine. So as it pertains to the impact of Black women, just you said it 100%. I mean, living proof, uh, mm-hmm. you know, running our community, um, stepping in where where we we fall short. Yeah. Um, and in, in a song, in a song, if I had to recommend one song just to let folks know exactly where I'm coming from, you go to Rhapsody's album, Eve, go to the last track, listen to Athene. That right there speaks volumes to everything that we probably should be talking about and hitting upon today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm at with it. And um, as we wait for Brother Josh to come back, um, just, just from the things I just said now, Just, is there anything that's resonating with you? Is there anything that is piquing something in your mind? Yeah, definitely. I appreciate the framing, man. Um, you know, for those that don't know me, um, I'm biracial. My dad is black. My mom is Puerto Rican. Um, one of the realities of growing up in a in a in a diverse place is that uh, people of all cultures get a chance to mix and realize that there's not much difference between the realities or the cultures that they bring. Um, I myself, you know, uh, I don't have any children yet, uh, but I do have a, a niece who's black. I do have a number of, you know, different family members, aunties, uh, grandparents, cousins, things of that sort. And I get a chance to live and experience life through the lens and the reality that they navigate this world through on a uh, on a daily basis. Um, I'm a shameless person, man. So uh, I'm the I'm the person that uh, will will identify the elephant in the room, make it extremely comfortable if if, if possible. Sometimes it's uncomfortable and not able to be made comfortable to identify um, the elephant in the room. But at the same time, uh, I'm empowered to know that, you know, black women come from a very long history, uh, especially in history, as we learn, you know, the first black woman that you essentially learned of was like Harriet Tubman. Right. The one thing that really sticks out to me with her is this one statement that says I freed thousands of slaves, but I Mm. could have freed thousands more had they known they were slaves. Um, an internal conversation that I have with myself is that the mindset that existed among slaves back in the 1800s and them being unaware that they were slaves in order to be free, uh, freed, those people have replicated. Those people have uh, produced generations of children and people with the same mindset. And I think it's important to name the fact that while there is an appreciation and there is a goal of continuous evolution and uh, you know the opportunity to just bring uh, true power and appreciation to black women, there are some people that don't necessarily hold the same value or the same mindset. Um, and that doesn't discredit the movement. There, you know, in any movement or any perspective that you take, there will always be naysayers, there'll always be pushback. But for me, you know, that that really brings forward, you know, from Harriet Tubman to uh Anna Matt Clark, right? As I'm going down like my hand, my 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 handbook of different black women that I've learned, you know, her ability to lead um as the first African American woman to command all white regime, right? Do you can you understand the power that it took during the early 1900s? as we're still dealing with the effects of people who simply expect less from us or believe less of us because of the shade of our skin or the melanin that exists in our skin and her ability to flip that 
and make those exact people, uh, you know, her footstool, essentially, and to be supporters of of a mindset and a movement that she had. Um, and I think that exists into into today's world, you know, even more present as Black women have platforms on social media, uh, different platforms on TV, and they're able to garner the attention and the support of people that look like us and people who don't in order to bring forward uh, a number of different um, plights that we just continue to, to, to exist through and to, you know, happen to be our reality, um, which are not too far or not too different than the original fights that, you know, our forefathers and four women were fighting, um, you know, early in the, you know, 16, 17, 1800s. Um, so those are the things that kind of c- come to my mind right now. Uh, I don't want to dominate the conversation, so I definitely uh, pass it back to you to kind of build on that. Um, love to hear what you think or what no kind of circulating at this point. No doubt. Um, a few things, because I think I think we're building. And, and whenever I build, I want to make sure that I have a solid foundation. Um, yeah. And for me, you know, if you ask me about Black History Month, I can rattle off facts like that. And to be honest, there's probably a few Black women who I can rattle off facts about because we've been taught more so about the black men, right? We have Women's History Month now. And, you know, I'm like, okay, if I was asked, can I rattle off facts about Women's History History Month? And the answer was no. So as an educator, as a person who tries to be a lifelong learner, I said, let me go dig in the bag, you know, dig in the crates, see exactly what we're dealing with. So I wanted to go double check and see some things, right? Mm -hmm. So here's what I pulled up as we continue to build. the origin of Women's History Month, right? 1978, um, local celebration in Santa Rosa, California, uh, the Education Task Force of Sonoma County, right? Okay. Then we have in 1980, Women's History Week by President Carter, right? You had some folks who were lobbying, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. 1987, Congress declared March as National Women's History Month as a result of the lobbying from the National Women's History Project, which is now the National Women's History Alliance. Okay. Um, there's also International Women's Day, um, which always falls on my mother's birthday, which is March 8th. Um, so I wanted to look up to see what the themes are, because usually there's themes by these national organizations that have themes for the week. Yeah. And I, I would love to know where we can take this with these themes and thinking about it as it helps couch our conversation or at least give it mm-hmm. a little bit more guidance as a North Star. Um, the 2022 theme for uh, Women's History Month by the National Women's History Alliance is Woman providing healing and promoting hope. So okay. providing healing and promoting hope. And it was naming um, particularly those folks who've been on the frontline workers, particularly think okay. about women who've been in the pandemic. Yeah. Think about those nurses. Think about those doctors. Thinking about those teacher aides. Thinking about those crossing guards. Think about those folks who have been in it. In fact, yeah. if you were to look at, and I'm jumping ahead, but if we were to look at statistics in terms of workforce, um, the impact of the pandemic has been huge on women in particular because um, a hundred, hundred thousand plus uh, more women than men have left the workforce, and we mm. can probably drill that down and figure out why. There's probably a lot of folks who have, now had to go provide childcare, or maybe had to do something else. You know, so there's so there's yeah. other pieces there, um, but that's the that's the theme: promoting, uh, providing healing, and promoting hope. And honestly, that's the story of the black woman in America. Period, <laughs> or the black woman. Period. Since the beginning, so you know, Euro European culture might refer to the original woman as Lucy, but Afrocentric ways of knowing and being would refer to her as Dinknesh. 
right? Mm-hmm. So thinking about that first original ancestor that we all come from, right? Mm-hmm. So we're arguing about critical race theory, where it's like if you trace your history, what are we talking the original, about? The original man comes from the where? The original comes from original. Africa, right? Amen. So when we're talking about that, it's like, stop it, pump your brakes. Some arguments aren't worth having. Yeah. Right. So then when we have that conversation, the other piece is International Women's Day, 22nd uh, of 2022 is uh, hashtag break the bias. Hashtag break the bias. I was looking at the pictures, you know, I mean, it's part like Wakanda. It's part like state property. They got the, they throwing the symbols up. They throwing X going to give it to you. They throwing pictures up there. All I'm saying is, as I'm thinking about the stuff that you're saying, just and thinking about how radical and revolutionary a person like Harriet Tubman was. Are you kidding me? She was carrying the Nina before the Nina was called the Nina. Amen. You feel me? And she was pointing to folks saying, listen, it's freedom or you going to be free this way. Right. I'm going to free you one way or the other. But what right. you're not going to do is get in the way. So think about all those black women in your life and the lives of people you know who have been those folks who've stood and literally have taken bullets for us. Yeah. have pulled us out of our brokenness, our mm-hmm. sunken place, if you will. Um, and for me, I'm thinking about how how can we not only hashtag break the bias, how can we not only um, take care of those folks who are providing healing and promoting hope, but at the end of the day, it's about how do we respect and protect Black women? How do we honor them as the national treasure that they are? Um, yeah. So those are the questions that I have as we continue this conversation. Yeah, that uh, that helps bubble a lot of ideas in my mind. The the first that comes up is, um, and I don't want to be biased to to share the lens only that black men marry black women, but as a man that is married to a black woman, an area that I've had to grow in is emotional intelligence. Okay, uh, the reality of it is is that most men, uh, especially boys of color, are taught to dismiss feelings, emotions, and not able, they're, they're no longer able to identify them even when they feel them as an adult because of this cognitive distortion essentially that has been created, okay? Uh, so in order to honor, in order to care for and nurture and support the black woman that supports you, it's essential for a black man or other men to have emotional intelligence and to do their own due diligence and their own journey um, and recap their life and see maybe where they haven't been emotionally responsible, they haven't been emotionally intelligent uh, or emotionally aware. Um, I think that speaks definitely to, uh, unfortunately, the, the mainstream view of Black women being extremely passionate, outspoken, emotional, uh, and sometimes, you know, I mean, we know black culture is black people, right? We're extremely passionate folks, right? Uh, you catch us on the right day, you get a certain person, you catch us on the wrong day, you get a very opposite individual. And I think it, I think there's space for people of all col- colors, creeds, and cultures to really understand why that reality exists. Uh, I can't name another set of individuals who have had to stay in a constant state of acute stress Hmm. for hundreds of years, okay? Understanding what stress does to the human brain uh, is something that the majority of Americans still don't understand, which is why we criticize mental health, Hmm. okay? 
unfortunately, um, as I like, as I refocus, I think the opportunity for us to be better leaders of Black women and supporters is to celebrate them, uh, to understand their history, the plights that they have uh, that are sometimes blind to men, men of color, men of other other races, um, and to also understand that there is a there's an active agenda to dismiss the nature and the beauty of a natural woman, okay? From, and I have nothing against the LGBT community, right? But uh, I did hear a, I did hear a comedian kind of make light of the situation that the very first year that, uh, help me, help me with the, uh, the woman's name, Jenner, uh, Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin Jenner. The very first year that Caitlyn Jenner was a woman, she got Woman of the Year award. Hmm. Now, while it was made light in a lighthearted way, I think that speaks of volumes to the level of disrespect mm. and the lack of value that we have on women that have stood in that space their entire life. We All know right. the realities of women in the workplace. They're paid tremendously much, you know, tremendously lower for the same uh, jobs and roles that they play in a number of different industries. We know that their voice is marginalized by men. We know that uh, when a woman shows up in different spaces without the presence of a man, she is less likely to get a reasonable deal, right? And unfortunately, if that's the reality that a woman is standing in the space of, and that is her constant reality, yeah, you, you might get a couple outbursts, right? But without giving color to that picture, isolating that outburst or that reaction, our society does a very, very good job of breaking down and devaluing that individual when in, in fact, there are more black boys and black men that are walking this, these streets nowadays that have only been led by black women, hence your reality mix, right? Um, so those are some thoughts that kind of come in to recap emotional intelligence, celebrate, understand their past and why they exist in the space that they do or their reactions in the current space when they are under attack by a number of different initiatives. Hmm. Absolutely. That's a brilliant point, just and Brother Mix. I mean, when you really take a step back and look at it, you know, at an aerial view, at a bigger picture view, you can see how things are, let's say, strategized to uh, demonize or vilify a certain group of people. So it, it could be obvious to us because we grew up in it. But yeah. the way that it's presented, as Just was alluding to by comedians or pop culture entertainment, it's made light of or diminished, which doesn't actually you know, represent the reality of it. As, as we all know, this is, this is common practice for, this is common knowledge for us, but it's a lot different when you're growing up in it. And then to Justice's point and Mikhail's point about the lack of emotional intelligence. So when you have that and you have this uh, hyper reality that is not accurate, then I think it's a, uh, a big issue as well. And uh, just to answer the question, cause I had some uh, technical difficulties. Sorry about that guys about the black woman's impact on the community and 
I thought of three things immediately, right? And it, it came from the fact that our I feel like our ancestors laid a, a great blueprint as you all both have alluded to. So I think about motherhood and how important that is, right? Raising boys and girls with an ambition and a realistic mindset, right? So you have to be you have to be conscious of the realities and the, as I was saying, the strategic systemic uh, limitations. But that still doesn't mean you can't hurdle over that. So you know, pun absolutely intended. Then I think about activism, right? Holding institutions accountable for how they treat us strategically. And as as Just was talking about speaking those uncomfortable truths. So that that is definitely needed and definitely the support of uh, black owned businesses, I think is uh, robust when it comes to black women. And then I also think about the, uh, I was thinking more, uh, as I was saying in terms of the ancestors, right? So everyone who's come before us and I think about the image of black women and, you know, someone who is, you know, respectful, polite, but not a pushover, if that makes sense. So I think that's that's also important as well. And I actually came back with a guest. We have Miss Annette Lartigue in the building. Hey. Hello. It's great to be here. Good to see you guys. Good to see I'm you. I'm loving it. Annette. Having the opportunity to hear some of your uh, conversation is especially important to me because I admire and respect Black men. So thank you for the opportunity to be with you this evening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate your. Uh, no, go ahead, Jeff. No, I'm saying I appreciate your appreciation of us. Uh, Absolutely. That's a that's that's a, that's a rarity uh, in in society. So as we talk about Women's History Month, one of the things that I work on on a regular basis is helping women understand how important and valuable our men mm. are to us. Mm. And I think we've kind of lost touch with that in all of the things that we are attempting to accomplish. But I heard you talk about the first Women's History Day, which was in 1909, mm -hmm. a year after AKA was formed in 1908. <laughs> I had to slip that in there. You know, Josh's mother is DST. And so I just want to be clear about where we are in the history of it. And then in 1978, it became a week. And in 1987, it became a month. And the president declares every Women's History Month. Mm. So I heard you guys speak a little bit, if I may, See, regarding the um, the value of women and, and where we uh, have been and, and what we do and the contribution that we make to the community. It's a man's world, but it wouldn't be anything without a woman. Yeah, and so in understanding and respecting that, we have to understand, value, and respect our men. That's so important. So when we talk about why women's history matters, you have to go to healthcare, you have to go to education, you have to go to employment, you have to look at um, unspoken boundaries and the boundaries that are crossed, particularly in those three areas. And I want you to know as a, as a black woman who's had the opportunity to serve as an executive uh, for the first time as a Black woman, it is particularly difficult for us. 
And so in speaking about black history, uh, say black history, in speaking about women's history, and for me, a huge part of it is black history, I think it's important to understand how much we need the support of each other. Women, my women's history program is the 25th, and the theme is Together We Rise. And so as we recognize and respect the value of our men and their contribution to our communities, we have to understand and respect the value of solidarity. Mm. And as we spoke to solidarity during Black History Month, the same applies during Women's History Month. Do you realize, do you understand how powerful we would be if we understood a few things? The first of which is solidarity. And then if we build that partnership with you guys in the workplace, in the hospitals, in the educational institutions, do you realize the magnitude of the power we will yield together as one? So speaking of Women's History Month, I think it's important to understand that they may devalue us, but as long as you don't, every little thing is going to be all right. Every little thing, because the dynamic duel, the team, and people talk about teamwork making the dream work. Nothing is more powerful than a man and a woman back to back fighting this thing. It'll change the whole game, the entire game. Facts. And so as we think about it and reach into that, you know, I'd like to hear a little bit more from you guys. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank you for sharing that. I think solidarity is key. And I think that whenever I hear solidarity, I think about a shared vision, collective mission, collective purpose. I think about Ubuntu, I am because we are, um, sharing common humanity. A person is a person through another person. Think about those things. Yeah. Also reminded of the fact that we just went from February 28th to March 1st, Black History Month to Women's History Month. And I'm aware that there might be many Black women, as I was mentioned earlier, who might not really see themselves adequately and it may be some cases accurately depicted or celebrated in these months. So much so that um, I know there's been a movement or there's been some folks who've been talking about trying to make April um, Black Women's History Month mm. um, and trying to have and carve out space for that, which I'm all about. Because if I'm reminded by Alice Walker, who talked about the difference between womanism and feminism, right? Mm. Um, saying it. that womanism and feminism is like purple to lavender. Right? Yeah. Mm. Um, so blend. Really talking about the fact that a marginalized group within that marginalized group, there could be another marginalized group. Some folks might refer to it as double discrimination. In some cases, folks are talking about maybe triple consciousness, mm. right? For a black woman, particularly okay. in these so called United States or yet to be United States of America. 
Um, I'm thinking about the continuous onslaught that, as you were mentioning, just um, that black woman that they receive constantly fighting against whiteness and anti-blackness, constantly fighting against um, maleness and anti-womanhood. Mm -hmm. um, this whole notion of what it means, you know, folks always ask me, we were having a conversation the other day at school. Cause like I said, the stuff that I do is in D E I J B all the letters, all those things in terms of mm -hmm. like diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're having a conversation. They asked me, do you identify as feminist? And I'm like, nah, I don't I identify as a womanist. There's a difference. There's, There's a, a difference. big difference. There's a difference. Um, and like I told folks all the time, and if anybody understands anything about racial identity development, and I always bring this up, Cross's model of negrescence. I'm in that last stage, internalization commitment. I view the world through a black lens. I realize the world is not just black. Maybe it'd be better off if it was. But I'm, I know it's not just black. I'm just saying I see the world through a black lens. That's my launching pad. That's my starting point. Yeah. So with that well, being I said, as I see the black family, as I think about the black family and all iterations of the black family, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that it has to be one formation. However, what is your allegiance to blackness? What is your allegiance to womanhood or womanism? And how can we ensure that black women don't get lost in the sauce of all the other pomp and circumstance that celebrates and elevates folks that don't necessarily look or reflect a black woman in their experience? So those are the things I'm always mindful for, mindful of and cognizant. And the, the way that I do that is I surround myself with black women. I listen to black women. I believe black women. I ask questions to black women. I know when we were growing up in high school, they told us that the best source is what? A primary resource. Right. So I go straight to the source. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't need to ask Jeeves. I'm dating myself, right? I don't need to ask Jeeves. I don't need to Google it, ask Siri, Alexa. I go talk to the source. So I think having conversations, real people having real conversations, getting a diverse perspective because they are diverse um, is important. And I think we have to keep keep at the center exactly what it is that we're talking about because sometimes a lot of things get lost in translation or there's, like I said, a lot of pomp and circumstance, window dressing that doesn't really get at the heart of the matter. So, so let me just jump in here for a second because you said something that I think is critical to anybody on this call now and or in the future understanding. In looking through the black lens, you said maybe it should be. It is. And you spoke about it earlier, I think, before I had the opportunity to come on where we all came from, right? See, if we respect and recognize that, I think our whole attitude will change because it's not so much the opportunity sometimes, it's the attitude about it. The lens is black. The origin is black. And as soon as we get with that fact, we're going to get with a whole lot of other things. And it's the simplest ways that we bring people to understanding and solidarity. Right? So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Did you want to add anything to that, Jess? Uh, no, I'm taking it all in. I think that uh, I think it's definitely opened my eyes up uh, to a lot of blind spots that I had, uh, but also re re 
you know, it also confirms some of my from my own personal stances and professional stances without maybe being able to name it. Um, okay. I agree with you, Mix. Uh, I guess in, in my shameless approach to life, I always uh, find myself going directly to the source, right? Um, I think there's an authenticity yes. in knowing what you're talking about and who you're talking about and how they feel about it and what their lens is, mm. right? Uh, I think that this that also, you know, in this, in the comments that you both have made, Mix and Miss Annette, I think um, I'm reminded at our society's silent pressure mm. to minimize your firm stance on blackness mm. and then making it more acceptable to accept others or all people when in fact if we're going to be honest if you know your history you know that the original man was the asiatic black man and from that all people were born so guess what all people are derived from blackness baby exactly that takes self-hate to a new level 100 percent uh and i think that you know not that i think i know that intentionally um you know, uh, Carter G. Woodson says something in The Miseducation of the Negro, uh, which I think that I've been the epitome of without knowing. Hmm. Said, I never let my schooling get in the way of my education. Right? Say it one more time. I never let hmm. my, will never let your schooling get in the way of your education. Now, the reality of that is, is that for many, many modern families, they rely on school to educate their children. And they don't understand understand that the first teacher are the parents. The mm. second teacher is your community. Mm. Yes. By the time you get to your school building, whether you're ready to learn or not, you have been learning. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think the reality of the stance that you take on being a lifelong learner, I think it's easy to, to be that as an educator. Right. In order to exist in the space as an educator, you have to continue to learn to become relevant and to become um, uh, adaptable. And you have to keep the attention of your audience. Right. If you're not familiar with modern pop culture and you're just trying to keep content, good luck keeping those kids attention. That's right. <laughs> right? I mean, if, it may not be the music that you listen to. It may not be the fashion that you wear yourself, but knowledge of it is going to help you to be a more effective in the profession that you've decided to take on. And I think the reality of it is, is that black culture dominates fashion. Black culture dominates music. Mm. Black culture dominates entertainment and all the other spaces. We're seeing foods, right? The reality of it, um, Netflix had a really, really cool, um, uh, uh, not uh, special, it was like a, a docu-series um the name of it is definitely uh help me if you guys remember when it said high on the hog is high it, on the hog right? exactly mm. all right i live in dc two and a half hours away is charlottesville virginia where mm -hmm. thomas jefferson's mansion and plantation still exists the reality of james hemmings his slave creating mac and cheese here mm. in america and his family not knowing until recently that that is a part of their history and their lineage 
speaks volumes about other realities and truths that have been hidden from Black people intentionally. Keyword, intentionally. Because when you have a frame of reference, your frame of re reference provides power even when you don't embody it presently, right? It yeah. is that constant space that you go back to, which ultimately we understand, especially in Black culture and community, the matriarch of every family that we continue to go back to is the Black woman. Unfortunately, as uh, I don't want to transition us to the future of the Black woman, but uh, I'll kind of pause there before we before we, we head to that. Okay. You have certainly I, piqued my interest. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you do your thing, uh, Josh, and uh, open the floor before we kind of transition. Absolutely. Boss, did you want to respond at all? I noticed that someone in the comments spoke to not being able to teach kids. They can teach students. Potatoes, potatoes. Mm -hmm. Teaching. I admire teachers so much and I'm loyal to them to a fault. Because a teacher has the opportunity if they get with pop culture and they meet the kids where they are to make a real effort to teach, but you can only teach what comes through that door. And if what comes through that door, and we spoke about this before, Josh, if you remember, is a kid who's been up all night, a kid who doesn't have a safe, secure home, a kid who is experiencing or witnessing violence, you can have the best teacher in the world. And those things are going to interrupt. They're called interrupters. And so I have to shout out teachers here because, you know, you raised it and teachers do matter. And, and they, they do a lot of what parents don't realize they're supposed to be doing now. So we've lost a lot of things. And this conversation is a whole lot deeper than that. And perhaps, Josh, for another time. But the teacher can teach when the student appears. And when the student appears, they have to be prepared for the teacher. Mm -hmm. So I just want to thank you. Is it Mix? I want to thank you again, and I, I may have in the past, for the work that you do and the effort that you put in, because a lot of people don't understand how difficult a teacher's job is. Amen. And they want the teacher to be the nurse, <laughs> the parent, the psychiatrist, the counselor, and everything in between, and the chef to ensure that the, the children are fed properly. So thank you, Mix, for the work that you do. Don't stop doing it. And please mentor children beyond the classroom so that they have an opportunity to experience you. I think that matters a whole lot. Appreciate Women's that. History Month is about, you know, uh, expanding the sense of who we are and what we can be hmm. in addition to where we are right now. That's what Women's History Month is all about. It's about the contributions that we've made and the contributions that we can make. And I spoke to it earlier when I said, if there's a partnership, the women and men 
in our communities can turn this whole, the game changers. The partners are a game changer. So thanks. Absolutely. And Justin is also a educator as well, as is Malcolm. So shout out to, you know, all of y'all. We appreciate you, what you guys are doing. And uh, Chloe is also an educator as well. So I, okay. my my mother was an educator as well. So I, I definitely have a, a very uh, personal interest in the educating that we have in our community. And yeah. I, I think when you have such brilliant minds with a, a abundance of experience and seeing how things are versus how they appear to be i think that's even more pivotal to teach to the children the the young students because then they'll grow up seeing the world from the from an accurate perspective that's just me i just finished a book for k through five for children connect me to my success because mm. that's another thing that's lacking for all children but especially girl children, connecting them to their success, make it possible for them to believe and understand that they can be a doctor, they can be a chemist, they can be a You ever had an argument with a kid in the classroom mix and, and they spun off some stuff and you was like, uh, okay, right? They could be lawyers, tell mm -hmm. them that. They can be doctors, tell them that. Teach them. Connecting our kids to their success, especially girls, is important so that um, moving forward and for our future women, we understand the possibilities. We've gotten lost in a lot of hip hop, a lot of uh, culture, a lot of, um, you know, music and a lot of things that don't do anything to promote our growth. There's a lot of violence. There's a war. You know, we're concerned about Ukraine. I know I am. However, there's a war in my community. And we need to recognize that. And women can play a tremendous role in partnering to help turn some of that around if our partners are with us in it. So there's a lot of different things. There's a lot of things that matter. You know, I'm here tonight. My mind's, I'm in a fog a little bit. And uh, I spoke to Josh about it. But I want you to know how much I admire and appreciate the work you guys are trying to do in having these conversations. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I think um, <clears throat> I think it's um, incumbent upon us to make sure that we use these platforms for good. Um, I know social media is a phenomenal tool when it's in the right hands. That's right. Um, so I, I would like to think that we are folks who will be stewards of something so powerful as YouTube, social media, the platform that we have, the connection that we have yeah. to make sure that we keep it a hundred in terms of love and the love that we provide for people, right? Mm -hmm. um, to make sure we could bring them. So I think as an educator, you know, if, if you talk to me long enough, you'll, you'll hear me say these words. I hate school, hate school, um, love education. I hate school yet. I've only been in educational institutions since the age of three and never left. I'm talking yeah. about attending schools and working at schools, attending schools while working at schools. Mm. Um, I'm an educator through and through because, again, if I am to quote Gandhi, um, you know, I want to be the change that I wish to see in the world. So when I think yeah. about educating, when I think about 
the future of women. When I think about my daughter, um, I remember someone asked me, I was giving a presentation um, about critical consciousness. I was giving presentations about the diversity, equity, and inclusion work that we were going to do at the school, the stuff that I'm supposed to spearhead and steward. And then someone else later on asked me a question about my daughter for an interview for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And I was just having a conversation. Think about the world that I want her to grow up in and then also the world that I want her to inhabit later on. Mm. Um, you mentioned hip hop. Yo, I thought the music we listened to was bad. Ooh, coming up, yeah. coming up, I thought the music we listened to was bad. The music ooh. the children are listening to now? Ooh, ooh. So that piece right there is something that definitely gets in the way. Like, I can't tell you how many times I pulled up to work and I've heard some folks playing music out their car. The parents. And it's it's damage. It's da students, parents, whomever. Like, it's 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 damaging. So imagine <laughs> the stuff that you're hearing all the time, the things that you're consuming, and the 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 messages that you're receiving, which so could lead to things such as internalized oppression, internalized hate, all these pieces, right? So internalized trauma. Internalized trauma. And no place to work it out because, again, there's a stigma for that too, right? So when we talk about all this thing, it's a cycle. And folks might refer to it as a cycle of oppression. Some folks might refer to it as a number of different things, but we don't have that much time. However, um, in terms of thinking about what I want for my daughter, what I want for the future, the future of a Black woman, right? Um, it is My wife and I were very intentional about making sure that we tell our daughter who she is and whose she is. Every day we do affirmations. Um, every day we have a list of things that we tell her who she is. We're pouring into her because as someone said, like I think I quoted this before, I think it was John Hope Bryant. If you don't know who you are at nine o'clock in the morning, by nine o'clock at night, someone's going to tell you who you are. That's right. You're going to receive messages about who you are. People are going right. to tell you what you are, what you need to be, who you need to be, how you need to be, when you need to be it. Yeah. So it starts with us. We are the first line of defense, so to speak. We are the first teachers. We need to teach her what love is. We need to teach her what a choice is, an appropriate choice. We need to teach her um, that knowledge of self is essential, that you have to love yourself first before you can love others. And then that is a ripple effect that can help build community, build relationship, get that solidarity that we need, which leads to that partnership that we need. So I think each one reach one, teach one. And charity starts at home. Love starts at home. So we're making sure as parents, my wife and I, um, that we're pouring into this child that we brought into the earth. She didn't ask to come here. Yeah. We made that happen. Mm. So it is incumbent upon us to make sure that we're equipping her with everything that she needs and more. So I think the moment we get to the space where we realize as Black people, no matter where we come from, um, we have to break some of the mental, mental chains. But once we learn that we have everything we need and more, we're golden. Once we learn that sometimes we might be the one standing in our own way, <laughs> Sometimes we might get somewhere. We might get somewhere. I'm being charitable. I'm being charitable. <laughs> you absolutely are. <laughs> you know, sometimes we need to understand that. Hey, if we are to quote Michael Jackson, maybe we should start by looking at the man in the mirror, mm. right? Before we start to point fingers, right? So I think that when we think about the future of Black women, it's incumbent upon us on this panel, each one, teach one, reach one, pour into the people that we love. Let them know that they're enough. Let them know that they're worthy. Let them know that they belong. Let them know that they got all the gifts that they need to be successful. And then how do we protect, respect, support, encourage, empower Black women? And I think that the more and more we do that, particularly as Black men, the more and more we do that, 
the more and more yeah. we bond together and show that we're about that life, yeah, the better off we'll be. Because there's blueprints already for it. Like, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Check the history books. We've been there, done that. And in some cases, we're still doing that. So how do we continue to build on that momentum and that movement? Mix, how old is your daughter? She is going on five months. So your life is going to be destroyed in a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Girls are definitely a different breed. And I say that with love and respect. I'm a woman and I have two daughters. Expose your daughter to things beyond what you think she should learn. Mm -hmm. Expose her to difficult situations. Don't shield her. Let her see it for what it is and grow from it. Mm -hmm. That's what really helps build strong, confident, women mm. and so mm. good luck you've got a long way to go she's five months you're tickled pink call me in two years three I'm years a, just to be clear i'm about that life number one <laughs> number two number two i'm very aware that there are multiple ways that you can let someone in on something to teach them resilience without putting them in the fire that's right that's there right. are ways you can teach people struggle without them actually struggling. Yeah. There right. are ways to do that. So, you know, I, I'm all about that nuanced life. It's okay for her to struggle. Not, not new black, too. but nuanced. It's okay for her to struggle a little bit too. You know, appropriately I think, so. Appropriately. Yeah, appropriately. As a woman and during Women's History Month, my daughters will tell you that there are two things I required. That number one, they like themselves first. Mm. And that they always had a side hustle in case mm. the main hustle fell mm. off. Mm -hmm. And when we that. teach our women that, and when we teach our daughters that, you know, because sometimes we grow up with, well, I don't want them to struggle the way I did. Yeah, I do. I do. Yes. Because it builds yes. character. And That's your reputation they... is not all of it. It's your character. It's what they actually believe and what they do. And so exposing a kid or, or a child to a little bit of struggle is good. They should be able to hang out with the kid who lives in public housing because it's going to teach them something that you can't. Mm. They should have that exposure so that when they come up against things, this is Women's History Month, and this is what I teach the young girls I mentor. When they come up against that struggle, they're prepared for it because they've seen it, they recognize it, and they know the difference between what this is, what they've been taught, and where they want to be. If we shield them from it, we hurt them. We don't help them. And so, you know, there's a whole lot to it. I grew up in a home, very humble beginnings. My mother said, do better than me. And proved she wanted to prove that Black folks could get it done. That's the HBCU in me speaking. She also wanted me to know that anything I thought I could do, I could, if I simply believed in myself. And so Women's History Month is about teaching women to believe in themselves more, to like themselves first, 
and to go for the goal, to get the bag and not to let anything and anybody stand in the way. And so if I would leave any message tonight for the women who may tune into this at some point, do not let anybody or anything stand between you and your success. We have to emotionally be prepared to deal with people who are going to fight us. Mm. And they're going to fight us because the world, outside of our circles, doesn't particularly care for women who will stand up for themselves. You have to promote that. They don't particularly care for women who are smart. And, you know, we don't have to always talk the way they talk and, like, you know, believe everything they believe, but we do have to understand the game. Mm. And so tonight, if I leave you with anything about Women's History Month, it is the need for us to understand the game so that when we hit that court, we understand there'll be some fouls, but we're coming back in strong to get that ball through that hoop. Yeah. So just a little bit, you know, huddling is important. And I, I view this as a huddle, a huddle that will reach out to other folks. And women will know that not only are black women, especially I'm speaking to all women, but black women, especially. I love black people. And if I had my way, And Josh can speak to the fact that when given the opportunity, I supported Malcolm's dream and Martin Luther King and a few others to pull my people up. And so in Women's History Month, we have to not only understand solidarity and that the opportunity is there and that this is about us believing in ourselves and understanding what's possible for us, but it's also about us pulling each other along. Mm-hmm. I know we're, I know we're, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, please. I know we're close to time. Uh, this is a comment that I've been holding. I don't want it to spiral us into a further conversation. But uh, in my opinion, the future of the Black woman is really going to depend on the quality Black woman's ability to reel in and find common space and common ground with the black women who have attention of social me- on social media and in the public eye. Okay. Mm. I'm talking about women that are able to reel in hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, by shaking their behind, mm. showing their, their bodies, acting out here without morals, values, and principles being able to buy the house and all of the big trinkets and things that we've been taught to value in society, right? It's going to be women of value being able to find a common ground to school and help to mature those women and change the way that they approach life and they impact others. Because I think an elephant in the room that many people don't want to highlight is the fact that men rise to the occasion that women, the standard that women create for them to get whatever they want. Okay. So stop giving man, yourself away, ladies. <laughs> amen. Amen. 
Amen. I think, uh, but I think there's a huge disconnect and maybe it's not a gender, it's not a generation thing, but I think it is a ideology, a standards and a morals thing on why those two people or sets of people haven't found common ground in order to have that solidarity. Because if I'm gonna be honest, amongst the reason why we see the realities that we see amongst young people is because women like that have a firm grip on the attention, the mind, the ears, and the actions of this upcoming generation. While we're speaking the good game and we're spitting the good game and we're people of knowledge and intellect, we know that our approach has much less of a punch and a power than when you scroll up and down that Explorer page on Instagram, right? And you see what sells on Super Bowl commercials and beer commercials and how women are exploited of all colors, right? But, but specifically in black women who don't also know their history, don't understand that their bodies are already made in the way that people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in mm. order to recreate, to, to essentially reimage themselves to be what God essentially created you naturally mm. to look like, right? Um, so I think that that's really going, that reality and that ability to connect amongst those two groups of women is going to really dictate the future of Black women, the image, the morals, values, and principles that they hold, and then the reality of what Black men or other men are willing to do to get on board with either the way things have been going or the change that we're looking for. Yes, sir. <laughs> and what about you, brother Mix? Yeah, no, <clears throat> so much, there's so much. Like honestly, we could we could talk for the rest of the year. We really could, um, and then some. Um, but in a in a racist, sexist, capitalistic society, all these things will always continue, right? So, I, here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, I teach a class called Power, Identity, and Social Change. And one of the things that I do is we talk about cycle of oppression. And I ask folks, okay, so if we talk about a cycle of oppression, what does a cycle mean? The cycle means it continues. Yeah. It continues. So if we know that this cycle continues, and we know that folks benefit from the cycle, and the majority of folks might benefit from the cycle, at least those who are a part of hegemonic culture, dominant society, social, political culture, right? Who are the ones who are setting policies, setting laws, et cetera. If those folks stand to benefit from it, when, if ever, will it stop? Yeah, amen. When will this cycle of oppression stop? So what is our role and responsibility in this moment? It's exactly what Justice said. We need to find ways to dismantle, if not dismantle fully, at least chip away at some foundation, disrupt, right? Um, I guess detract some folks from certain spaces. But realize that there, there is no, at least in our lifetime, there is no final def destination of it being over and done with, right? We're always going to be fighting against that Goliath. We need a little bit more slingshots and maybe about 15 more Davids, right? Mm. In order for us to like really get this behemoth Goliath that is this racist, capitalistic, sexist society that will, will exploit even children. Mm. to get money, right? So I think in this moment for the future, it goes back to this. 
before we even get to solidarity sometimes, we have to get back to what the hell is a value? <laughs> and what Amen. is valued? Amen. And <laughs> truth be told, in this day and age, as a Christian brother, that might not be found in the church for some folks. But we have to find places that it will be found for them. So maybe that means us thinking about ways we can leverage the pieces that are already at our fingertips, I guess. So how can we flood that Explorer page with messages that are better, that are mm. firm? How can we disrupt the algorithm to make sure that folks are getting this stuff that will give them solidarity, value? How can we use the platforms like this one to do stuff like this as opposed to nonsense <laughs> where folks are talking about this, that, and the third that's stupid and a waste of time and just shoot worse than an explorer page <laughs> so how can we leverage those those spaces how can we disrupt in those spaces how can we like really um use what we have at our disposal to outsmart the machine and it's easier said than done but we have to be willing to give it a shot because harriet was like yo we out and you're not going back because if you do, it's about the, you're about to catch one in your back. Because the last thing you're going to do is stop us from getting free. So how do how do we free ourselves? Mm. I'll start with it this way. You got to kick yourself game. And by kicking yourself game, I mean, sometimes that doesn't mean going to school. If you can pull up to YouTube and watch a video about how to win a level on Fortnite or whatever the case may be, you can easily pull up the YouTube and get yourself a class on one-on-one -on -one economics about whatever it is, real estate, etc. Right now, in class with Carr, with Professor Karen Hunter, that's a thing. That's a place you need to be as Black people. The narrative, that's something you need to subscribe to and purchase as Black people. So we're running out of time and we're running out of excuses. So it's like, okay, how can we make sure that every moment we have, we make it count, we make it matter? And realize that since the beginning of time, we had rump shakers <laughs> since the beginning of time. And it's going to continue because that's who we are as human beings. The flesh is weak. The word mm -hmm. says that. How do we make sure that we can distract folks from that? How can we make sure that we continue to move? And just, I don't know the answer, man, but I think maybe, maybe it's about us really naming the elephant in the room, like you said, being shameless and saying, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's going to be some tension. There's going to be some discomfort, but we got to wrestle with it. We can't run away from it. We got to wrestle with it. I think, I think there might've been a generation that refused to wrestle with it, ran away from it. And here we are. So Amen how do we wrestle that. with it? How do we wrestle I, with it? I, I'd like to make some suggestions if I may. The first thing is I'd like to see you start your own podcast about why and how marriage works. <laughs> the second yeah. thing is start a podcast um, how and why and what you love about people and women. I started a podcast to inspire people and a second podcast coming up for people to pull tiles and determine what you want to talk about that day. Are you ready for marriage? What does it require? What does, you know, every woman, most women want to be married. Most women want a house. 
most women want a mate who will be faithful and caring and kind. Promote that. Promote what it looks like. Social media is big. Take advantage of it. If you want to do something, Josh, you're, you're extremely creative. Create a line of clothing for kids that doesn't expose their bodies. That's not the booty shorts. That's not the high. These, some folks are dressing kids as if they're adults who have been in the clubs wow. Wow. on the pole. They are. So create a line of clothing that doesn't do that. The market is there. You have to take advantage of it. This systemic racism, oppression, and everything else starts here. Mm. The attitude typically determines the altitude. And so if we're going to think about altitude, you ask how we start. Start a podcast about why and how marriages work. Show them what it looks like. A lot of them don't know. And you think, oh, there's so many podcasts out. Start the podcast. Tell them what you love about your wife. Do a reality show, a real one. You know, we don't always get along. Listen, marriage is like this. As long as you don't hate each other on the same day, you're good. Okay? (laughs) Because you're going to disagree. You're going to have times when you don't like each other. As long as it's not on the same day, everything's going to be all right. So do that. Talk about Christians. Talk about the love of God and how it works with and for you. The demons are roaming this earth and taking control of people who don't know who they are, what they Mm. are, and where they come Mm. from and who they belong to. Mm. Show them. Teach them. Here's what I found out as a woman in the business. Women listen to you more than they listen to me. Men listen to me more than they listen to you. So if we understand that marketing technique, take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Tell them what you're doing. Show them what you're doing. Hey, Black History Month is all year long. It's American history. And Women's History Month is about women recognizing who and what they are and what they're capable of. Let's do it. You already have the answers. Let's do it. Your teachers, you have what it takes. You know, Josh, you have a creative mind. You started this podcast. Go beyond it and reach out. Bring women in. Bring girls onto the podcast from your classroom to talk about what they need, what they see, and what they believe. Get them out there. Let them talk. You can cover up their face with a heart. Because every parent doesn't want their child exposed to social media. But social media is big. And the biggest part of social media is going to be TikTok. It's not going to be Facebook. It's not going to be Instagram. Get in the game now. Unfortunately, the investment opportunity is no longer there for us. Because we didn't (laughs) catch it in the beginning. But get in the game. Get in the game. You're so creative, Josh. Think about creating what Facebook already has and do it for us. Mm. You, you want to make a difference? Think outside the box. Reach is there. You have the minds and the brains for it. Reach. Reach, teach, and believe that you can do it. Women are everywhere. 
and we are the creators of the universe. It is through us that you come. You travel through us. Birth is through us. A man can do a lot of things. He cannot give birth. Amen. Okay? A woman cannot give birth without a man. Well, we can. Artificial insemination, but you're still there. The point is, you have what it takes. Just do it. Think outside the box and get it done. Write a book. The book that I've written is going to be free. It's free. It's for kids K through five. Connect me to my success. They don't have to buy it. It's going to be on Amazon for them to pick up for free. Mm-hmm. Connect me to my success. When I talk to women, it's Women's History Month. I talk about them. I talk to them about believing in who and what they can be. But as long a man cannot be a woman and a woman cannot be a man. I don't care what we do and how we do it. There's man and there's woman. And I support and believe and respect anybody who wants to do anything else. My goal is to try to bring them to God by any means necessary. And that means not eliminating them, not turning them off, but showing them what it really looks like. And so tonight, for every woman out there, Woman's History Month is about believing in yourself what you're capable of and what your contributions are now and what they can be in the future because together we rise. Absolutely. And just to to wrap things up, I'll give my thoughts on the future of black women and where I I was thinking, I was thinking more about the three uh, main, let's say avenues where I think they'll be incredibly prominent. So the first one that I thought of immediately, I was thinking about Madam C.J. Walker, right? Building wealth in the community, entrepreneurs, yeah. as we all know by from all the stats, black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs, which is massive. That's a lot of dollars circling in the black community. And mm-hmm. some of the statistics actually argue that we might be even a more powerful consumer than other ethnicities, which is very, very important. I think is very cool. We are. Three trillion dollars. We are. And when, then I thought about it from a different level, because you have to understand the elephant in the room, as Jess was alluding to, not everyone wants to be entrepreneurs, which is fine. Some people actually do don't mind working or having a support role. And as Professor Israel always says, everyone has a role. Not everyone can be the entrepreneur. Not everybody can be the king, the queen or That's the leader. Right. You, you do need some uh, you do need some uh, generals out there, so to speak. And that's saying with all due respect. So. If you think about how powerful black women are in the workforce, once you apply that workforce to black owned companies, now that dollar really stays in the community even longer, especially when it comes to taxes, which I think is very important. And then uh, of course, with in entrepreneurship, we're just simply leveraging our natural talents. So as uh, Miss Annette alluded to, TikTok is full of cultural appropriation, but if you, what if you had a, a TikTok where you can control what is appropriated. And then if you appropriate something from a different culture, you owe that culture monetarily. I think that would be a, a great setup. The The second point is, of course, what everyone here was alluding to and spot on is education. And for me, as Miss Annette was alluding to creatively, I was thinking a more specialized approach and let's say uh, lesson plans uh, for a pathway to knowledge, wisdom and entrepreneurship, even, even if you're not interested in it, is never presented to us in, in our indoctrinated schooling. 
so to speak. It's always who you're going to be working for. Like that, that's the, that's the mindset that is uh, perpetuated. And then I'm imagining an educational system from, you know, pre-K to, you know, master's, right? Uh, imagine the educational system with the petty or Ivy League quality that is completely black owned and operated. I think that'll be incredibly formidable. And the third aspect where I think black women will dominate specifically is with political leadership. I see a lot more black women in politi uh, political uh, leadership roles in the next 10 to 100 years using that endowment thinking of uh, Sangu Geli, of course. And of course, more representation by 2050 where statistically uh, the majority, the, the ethnic majority now would no longer be the ethnic majority. I think we'll see a lot more uh, black women, especially who stepped up a lot during the pandemic. I will see. I I could definitely see a lot a lot of that going on as well. And just to just to bring it all home, I want to thank everyone in the comments: Claude Diz, Burroughs Finest, Brandon Gallman, Mrs. Yizzy, and I want to uh, thank uh, Miss Annette and Justin Sinclair for joining us, and Professor Yisrael once again. Thank you. Appreciate you all for having us, man, and, and for being consistent um, with your platform. Absolutely. Our pleasure. pleasure. And thank you once again, everyone, for watching and have a good night. Thank you. Good evening. You repeat what they created and get power to hate. But worst of all, we disappoint all the greats. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Yeah. Yeah.